Welcome to Breaking Stereotypes, where we will talk and take your nutrition, fitness, and mindset to the next level. Shy away from the talk? Never. It's time for you to break your mold and embrace the new you. It's time to break those stereotypes. Welcome back, everybody, to Breaking Stereotypes. I am your host, Domenica Jaramillo, and I have a very special guest today. Her name is Dom. I think it's kind of funny because my name is also Dominica, and then her name is Dom. So we, all, I always get confused when people are talking about us because I didn't know if they were talking to me or talking to her. But she is an amazing person. She is an in-person and online trainer located in South America, uh, South Africa. So please, Dom, give us a little introduction of who you are and what is your fitness journey. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, um, if I remember correctly, I started following you when we both did Jenna's fitness business yeah. strategy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a little bit of background. I never grew up sporty. Um, I did the casual netball and softball at school, um, but it was never, you know, not even a thought that it would be my career. I was always chasing corporates. I worked in corporate for five years. I studied my BCom in supply chain management. I then did my honors in business management um, while I was working at a supply chain company. So within the company, I was there for five years. And during COVID, I was really, I was burnt out and I really hated, you know, getting up every day, going to, to work mm -hmm. and my husband's um, you know, why don't you follow your passion, which is health and fitness? And I was like, wow, shit. Okay. Yeah. Can I, can I that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible with my language sometimes. Um, but yeah, so that was that. Um, so I started getting into training my first year of varsity, really. Um, my ex, well, my boyfriend at the time, he, his best friend was a, was starting to be a personal trainer and he played rugby. So he was very into the gym and he used to write my programs. So I started just going to the commercial gym five days a week and yeah, really started falling in love with the process, continued to go to gym when I was working. And then, yeah, I got into, obviously when I transitioned, it was, very difficult because I had no quali mm -hmm. I had no formal qualification, but I had so much knowledge from social media. Like it's it's mm. amazing how media media has this negative side, but it also has this amazing positive side. If you follow the right people, you can learn mm -hmm. so much. And I've actually learned more from social media than I would say from my, my formal qualification. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's scary. Like in my in my formal qualification, they actually they still tell you not to squat past parallel because it's gonna damage your knees. <laughs> yes, it, it it's funny because I look back also at my like what I studied and it's just so broad and not specific. Definitely all these myths. I'm like, why did I do this? Like it? No, it was such a waste of time. Like. It's just for the piece of paper. Um. Yeah, yeah. It literally is the only for the piece of paper. And I agree that a lot of coaches who are listening to this can agree that 
you you have to continue learning post certification because the certification itself is just very broad. Like it doesn't give you anything for to train with and to like help your clients. So it's really funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. So from there, um, for my qualification, I needed fifty hours of shadowing another trainer or other you know health and fitness professionals. Mm-hmm. So to actually had a biokinetics appointment um, because I was struggling with hip pain and um, she suggested to me you know why don't you go to Hink and Laura which is they are my coaches at their powerlifting gym Baba Bullies and you know they'd, they'd love to have you you could shadow them and I think Hink said to me you know cool you can you can shadow me for a week but then next week you're gonna start training oh and yeah, so I was like, wow, okay. At this point, um, you know, I, I did the, I squatted and I, what I thought was deadlifting, but it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, I sort of benched, not really, very much the, the old school bodybuilder style bench. Mm. And yeah, just the, the community and the training, I fell in love with the training and just that amazing feeling of being strong. I mean, I know you know the feeling. Yeah, um, shared it as well. Like to push heavy weights, to push yourself, you know, focusing more on the number on the bar than on the scale. It just it it made me feel so confident and empowered. And yeah, that's that's how I got into powerlifting, and I absolutely love it. And I don't see myself going back to anything else. I, I love I love what you mentioned about that you started focusing of the number at the bar instead of the number in the scale. Like that was amazing. That was perfect. Perfectly said. Um, because it's true. Like, and I think that once I believe that majority of females, once we start, it's because of this whole purpose of what the scale says. But once we start really getting into training and really getting into like this environment, we, our whole, perspective like our whole thought process around this completely changes and it's like no i just want to start lifting more like i don't care what the scale says yeah 100 percent. like obviously you know we still want to look after ourselves there's there's a little there is a little bit of a stigma i think it's not massive but i i have heard it and i knew about it when i started powerlifting where you know, the the bigger you are, the bigger weights you can lift. So there are some cases where I feel that some people are unhealthy in that range. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm definitely all for, you know, pushing holistic health in terms of, yeah. you know, training, nutrition, sleep, all of that. And then, and yeah, so obviously, yeah, I love, I love the weights on the bar more than I love the weights on the scale and understanding you know, the differences in, in variation in weights. But again, yeah, it's all about looking after yourself and, and not stressing about it. My word, my, my clients, yeah. like I love my clients. And I, I also like, I'll have the, the small like worry every now and again, but your people are so obsessed with the number on the scale. Like I need to lose six kilos. Okay. What, are, what is that six kilos going to give you? All those extra two kilos. Sorry. Mm-hmm. We work in kilograms, not in pounds. Like in the I we're the only ones that work in pounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, if you need to lose those extra five pounds or two kilos, like what difference is that going to make in your life? But if you yes. can squat an extra 10 pounds or bench an extra 10 pounds, like 
it's it's mm. completely different mindsets and I love it. Yeah, I I I 100% agree. And um for everybody who doesn't know or hasn't followed Dom, the reason what the reason that I love her the page is that she gives so much information about things that a lot of people don't talk about and it's about sleep, about um overconsuming caffeine, about um recovery, the importance of amino acids, the importance of micronutrients. So it's very important because a lot of people don't talk about this. We all talk like protein, carbs, fat, right? But it's it goes so much deeper than just protein, carbs, and fat, right? So um, that's one of the reasons your page is, yeah, I love it. It shows so much more than what a lot of people show nowadays. And it's very important because all of those things play a role. It's not just the three main, three main macros that we need to worry about, right? Hundred percent. Um, you know, it's yes, those play part of the majors, but there's so many other things that are are so important. And again, it's while they are important, again, it's when we consume them are they important? Mm -hmm. And 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 eating the rainbow and getting enough sleep and you know making sure your stress management is on point. I mean, I think majority of the world's population, if they could just get their stress under control, including myself, I'm, I'm, I'm really, <laughs> but you know, if we could just manage our stress, then mm -hmm. we would be completely different people. Um, yes. But yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. We currently live in a very stressful society and not to mention stressful. We, uh, under recover a lot it's very normalized to sleep four or five hours and drink one pot of coffee just by yourself and keep going 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 and going when it's like that is not the healthiest or th like that's the complete opposite of what your body needs so yeah i'm we're definitely living in a society like that, but I do know that, and I do notice that more people are starting to pay a little bit more attention to those little details that definitely go a long way. But um, Dom, I know that you mentioned a little bit of what got you motivated to start training um, powerlifting, but I want to ask you what start motivated you to start competing in powerlifting because I know that you are competing. So what got you to, to take that call to start doing it? So it's almost two years to the day. <laughs> I actually saw it the other day, but awesome. um, my, my powerlifting gym held a fun competition and you know the my coach said no just do it just see you know what it's about and and have a look and um at that point any every time i squatted i had so much pain in my hips still because we hadn't done a lot of the recovery and the rehab mm -hmm. so, long story short um i had very weak glutes from working mm -hmm. in sitting all day long um not training as optimally as i should be and correctly um, before before my powerlifting journey. Um, so every time I squatted, I had pain because my, my hip flexors and my psoas was taking all the strain mm -hmm. instead of and all the other muscles. So my first comp, I remember, I think I squatted 60 kilos just to, to do a squat. Okay. And then 
bench, I think I got like a 45 at that point, a 45 okay. kilo. And then my deadlift has always been my strongest um, lift. So I think, and then I know my coach as well. My coach loves deadlifts and he loves to push as well in a deadlift because if, if you play the game right in competitions, a deadlift wins the comp because, because it's oh. lost. So you, you bench, then you deadlift. And the competition is all about who, who lifts the most, obviously, mm -hmm. over the, the lifts against body weight. So, for example, like if you I lift currently in the 69 kilogram weight division. So if you have someone who, weigh, who weighs in at 68 and someone who weighs in at 67, but you lift the same total, obviously the, the 67 lifter is going to win based on body weight rather mm -hmm. than the 69. So... Yeah. So anyways, um, so I think back then my, my deadlift personal best was a 140 and yeah, just that, that adrenaline of, of getting a PB in a comp pushed me to, yeah. to do, a, uh, what you would call regional competition okay. the next year. Um, so that was last year, January and to be honest, I'm not the best at competing. <laughs> I get so <laughs> I get so nervous and so in my head because, and like I've realized it's because I care. You know, the reason we get nervous and it's because we care. And yeah. I put I've always put a lot of pressure on myself. So, I mean, you you get into the squat and you're literally shaking, <laughs> and really? you, well, this is how I am. But you you get into the and there's the commands that you have to follow. And if you miss a command or you, you're not tight, I mean, I'm sure you know of, of getting everything absolutely tight before you squat, yeah. bench, or deadlift. And if you're not tight enough, you get crushed by the weight. And to me, like, squats are the scariest because the weight is on your back. So you, you're going to get crushed. And I guess also because of my, my hip issue, that I was so worried about the pain. Mm. But... From there, I did my my nationals in March last year. I think I probably came stone last, but it's more about the continuous improvement that I love, like seeing mm -hmm. the year-to-year -year improvements, the month-to-month -month improvements, enjoying the process. I feel a lot of people in today's day and age, we 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 want instant results. You know, that's why people yes. always would rather go for a pull whatever can solve the problem the quickest rather than the consistency. And I promise you, if I say I've been doing the same thing day in and day out for the last two years, four to five days a week, it's the truth. And some people, you know, will get bored of that, but mm -hmm. I, I love it. I love the process. I love the training. And I think that's the most important. And I love that you mentioned that because it can be a little bit boring and tedious for someone else who doesn't have that passion as you do. So that's really awesome that you were able to start competing. I am sure that once you get all those eyes, you start getting those goosebumps. And it is true that you, you want to be as tight as possible in that squad. And it makes such a huge difference when you have everything locked in and ready to like squat then with them when you're just kind of like not there mentally and you're just not worried about those little cues you could 
you can feel such a difference with even with the same load, but you can just feel such a difference in your squat. So I can only imagine the nerves that you have before squatting when you want to just make sure that everything is locked in and there. Um, so that's amazing. I did want to ask you because you are a coach. Do you train only powerlifters? Do you train people who want to start powerlifting? Well, who who do you train and what's the difference in regard of someone who's just wanting to build muscle and kind of have that body composition to someone that who's really trying to get uh win a competition in powerlifting? How would you change their training programs? So to be honest with you, none of my clients are powerlifters. <laughs> they, are, they are all normal people who just want to be the best versions of themselves and, you know, they have their goals. But I do include majority of the, the big three. So for mm -hmm. some people, it's more just the squat and deadlift, not necessarily the bench. But I do include the compounds into training. But obviously they, so the difference in the training would be if you, if you want to train to be a strong power lifter or to, to lift the big three as heavy as possible, that is your focus. So you go into training and you start with the squat bench or the deadlift. You're not going to start with lunges or leg extensions. Mm -hmm. or, you know, you might do a little bit of activation exercises um, as a warm-up. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to push as heavy as you can on a leg press before you start on your squat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so so there's, there's a big variation in that. And it's that's what you would focus on is pushing the strength, working on weaknesses. So, again, in powerlifting, we have different variations of exercises that you would use depending on your weakness. So, for example, a deficit deadlift is something – we use with my coaching, well, that my coach uses with my, me for my training because my okay. weakness, I would say, is coming off the floor. So for me, the hardest mm -hmm. point is getting off the floors. So as soon as you are, I get it off the floor, it moves. Whereas other people, they can get it off the floor, but they, they'll struggle with the lockout. So if you struggle mm -hmm. with the lockout, you would do something like rack pulls and focus on more RDLs, getting that, that posterior strength, posterior strength up. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that's what we would do. But, and again, it's focusing on, on form and what form works best for you. So everyone is different. You know, obviously there's a, there's an optimal way to squat, bench, and deadlift, but everyone's biomechanics are different. So it's working with the person on what works best for them. I unfortunately do not have a powerlifter's build. I have very long legs and a very short body. So, and longish arms. So I think my build is okay for deadlifts, but not for squats and not for bench. Yeah. So you work with what you've got. And obviously those that are more built for powerlifting will, will have the advantage. Um, so yeah, and then again, it will be on working with certain rep ranges, working on certain pushing to a certain extent. And again, it just depends where they are in their journey. I would say for someone starting in powerlifting, you would focus the first year on technique and, you know, going up slowly but surely, just nailing in every week on something 
Um, you know, you're not going to throw all the cues on someone at once. Um, whereas someone in terms of changing their body composition or muscle growth, you can include the big three, but you would focus a lot more on other accessory exercises, a lot of supersets and um, different rest periods. As powerlifters, we rest very long between sets <laughs> because we want, we want to recover, obviously, because we're going to try and push as hard as possible. So I'm not lying to you if I say I probably rest three to five minutes between each set, even if I'm just doing singles. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Whereas I think with traditional, well, with, I know with my clients, you know, I, I've normally program probably between like 45 seconds to two minutes of rest, depending on the client and depending on the session. And, yeah. um, your rep ranges, I, I go, typically I go a little bit higher with rep ranges for the, the normal training, whereas powerlifting, it's not always, but a lot of the time we focus on the, the three to eight um, rep max range, max oh, oh. rep range. <laughs> My words are escaping yeah. me. Sorry. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, and and that's yeah, that would be the difference. Is you know, if you if you're focusing on powerlifting, you work you work on the different variations. So, for example, just another example in terms of squat. If you struggle to come out of the out of the squat at the bottom, you would focus on tempo squats or paused squats. And um, things like that, you know, whereas you, you wouldn't always program that for normal trainers or for general population working on body composition or bodybuilding. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And we were just, I was just talking to this um, with another trainer that I interviewed yesterday that we were talking that it is basically like, we wouldn't be doing like squats um, and deadlifts for like a population that is not really wanting to do that. So it's definitely, you can definitely see the difference of competing for the sport that you are needing to lift these three compound exercises to the population that doesn't really need to focus on that. So you can definitely see the difference in regard of that. But I love that you mentioned about the rack pulls, about uh, being strong in the RDL, because I think that a lot of people don't know that wherever you or like wherever the person itself is the weakest, that is where they have to get the strongest at you know, and um, I love that you mentioned those examples. And I, I personally, and this is like, just personally, I believe that my squats are between my squats and my deadlifts, they are just so weak. I it's, I don't even deadlift anymore. Because I am like, no, I just give up. I don't like it. I, I'm not strong <laughs> in it. I'm, I'm just gonna say no to this one. And then my squats are definitely gonna be like, my i would say like my most hardest one to to load up and it's definitely getting it's definitely that weak point at the bottom that's like where i'm not able to just come back up so 
but like you mentioned add more tempo there add more pause you know add getting weaker on that bottom position can drastically help you once you're able to like really load up and really start getting those squats going and you know me i love the 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 bench press i love the dumbbell bench press that's my baby i mm-hmm. I, I want to say that i'm strong there but um Let's just keep it that keep in that because I don't do the barbell, so I don't know exactly where my barbell strength is. But yeah, that's my my pure joy. So which one is is your like pure joy, your favorite one? Which one would you do it every single day if you could? So just going back to you, sorry, I would I would think your your barbell strength would be really strong because dumbbells are obviously you're a little bit more unstable because you you having to you know hold them in each arm whereas mm-hmm. the barbell the weight is distributed evenly so i think you should try it with the barbell and just see how how you can go yeah but I've, um, sorry go ahead no no you go ahead sorry yeah so i've 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 wanted the only reason why i don't program myself um barbell is because my shoulder just doesn't like it it just doesn't like that open position and um no matter if i go like lighter or or what it's just that position just my shoulder is like nah girl we don't we don't want to be here so the dumbbell one is definitely my my pride and joy and i don't experience any pain or anything in there so but believe me i would want to get to really see that um the 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 strength and something that i want to talk about later on is uh about the arch uh about the lower back uh or about the back itself arc about how much drive you need in that bench press and of the lower body then just little things that people don't know that play in roles on lifting heavy weight and just about that misconception because a lot of people whenever i post about my bench press a lot of people ask me how does your back not hurt so i definitely want to talk a little bit later about that okay cool so yeah so definitely i mean if if you want to um i can help you a little bit because it's all about the position that you're getting into um i can just take a look but I used to struggle with shoulder pain as well. And it's mm-hmm. it's all about how you get into the position and are you in the correct position? Are you because a lot of people think that you you on your shoulders and it's it's hard to explain, but you're not really using your shoulders or you shouldn't be using your shoulders in terms of the powerlifting bench press. But just going back to your question, sorry, so my pure joy is deadlift. Really yeah. and truly. Um I don't know if it's because it's the, it's the strongest, but I even programmed that I deadlift on a Monday because I want to start my week in a good way. Even if it's a shit session, I don't care. Like it's deadlifts. <laughs> we go for it. We do what we can with what we've got that day. And, um, and yeah, I, I really love it. Oh, sorry. My dogs are just in the now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really, um, my, that's my, my joy. Um, squats, in terms of my weight, my squats is actually quite weak because a lot of girls, at least I know in my gym, can squat at least double their body weight. Oh, wow. But because of my, my hip issue, um, that's where the struggles come. Mm. But slowly but surely, we've been building it and it's become really comfortable now. And I've actually found a new 
stance that is stronger. So we're going to see, hopefully we can get me to at least double body weight soon. Oh, that'd be um, amazing. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can deadlift like two and a half times my body weight and I can bench wow. more than my body weight, which is also like, I would say quite good for general population for powerlifters. But yeah, I just need to, to get that squat up. That's amazing. That's, <laughs> but that's, yeah, really, um, that's yeah. really cool. Thank um, you. Yeah. I, yeah. One thing I, I want to say. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. So what I was going to say is like one thing, you know, if you, if you're getting into powerlifting or like obviously in training in general is to never compare yourself to other people because then you're just going to keep getting yourself down and it's just doing the best that you can do and improvement for yourself. Because if you look at, look at the, the, the world champs, even not even the world champs, like people on the other side of the world that do powerlifting, they their strength is insane. Like I, I can't even explain it to you. I went to, we were lucky enough to actually have the RPF powerlifting world champs in South Africa this year. Oh, wow. So uh, we went up to go watch a couple of days and it's just so inspiring how these women are so small and they are so strong. Like there are women who are about 20 kilos lighter than me lifting the same, if not more than me. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you've um Heather Connor, she's from the States. She's a whole like forty four kilos, I think it's somewhere around ninety pounds, and she deadlifts two hundred kilograms and squats over hundred and forty kilograms. It's just oh <laughs> insane how these people are. But again, like I said, you and to me it's it's inspiring. You know, if they can get to that level Hopefully I can get to that level one day, but it's just to be the best that I can be and yeah, the strongest and that, that I can I, be I, without like killing myself. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. I, I know that there's this little girl, uh, like she's very petite, like she's very small, but oh my God, the way that she lifts more than many men than than i know so it's like it's incredible what these people um are able to lift more importantly what if these females are able to oh, lift no, especially you. being so petite you know so small it's incredible that they're able to lift two times three times their their own body weight but i know we're talk starting to talk a little bit about tips so i did want to ask you what are tips for someone who is wanting to start competing or even want to start training powerlifting like that style and what would be tips for someone who is currently competing but they're really trying to up level their training and up level their numbers so for a beginner I would definitely recommend that you you pick one form of training. So, um, you know, there's that, that saying, master, what jack of all trades, master of none. <laughs> if you, if you want to start powerlifting, but you still want to commit to your, all your bodybuilding or running or cycling or, you know, all of that jazz, you, you will, your strength will suffer a little bit, not drastically. It just, it depends again on the person and how you approach the training. Mm. But I do believe that if you, if you want to, if you're really serious about getting strong in the big three, then that's what your focus should be is powerlifting specific training. Mm. Um, but for someone who, you know, is lifting and 
is maybe doing competitions or thinking about competitions or just wants to get stronger in general in terms of the big three. Um, the biggest thing I started doing in the last year was focusing on a little bit more than just calories and macros. So like, you know, mm -hmm. we were discussing earlier, the, the calories and the macros matter, but now what do you do with them? So mm -hmm. I was always that type of person that I never ate before training. Mm -hmm. So I, I used to think, no, I, I, eat, I train too early. I can't stomach food. I'm just going to throw up while I train. So I didn't eat. But if you're going to push as hard as possible, you want something in your system. Like as much as, you know, I've, I've read that you should have a big dinner the night before or a mm. lot of carbs dinner the night before, it's still not enough to push through a big session in my opinion. Um, yeah. So when I wake up and it's all about finding what works for you. So when I wake up at about 5 a.m. I have my meal generally is rice cakes with almond butter and honey. So mm. that's nice. A um, little bit of protein, carbs and fats. And then I have my morning clients first face to face and then I train. So I've given the, the body some time to digest the food and it's enough for training, but I also have intra workout carbs. So because I train for at least two hours in my powerlifting sessions, because of the, we rest a lot, but yeah. we also put hard. So you want to have some form of carbs. I only, I only recommend really intra carbs if you train for at least an hour and a half and longer. Mm. Um, so again, that's, that's literally like pure carbs. So there'll be like dextrose or like, um, an energy drink of like a sports drink of some kind. Mm. And uh, if, and, but going back, if you want to have something before training that is fast acting. So if you're going to eat and then go to the gym, you don't want to have fats because fats slow down the digestion of food. So you want to mm -hmm. have something that's more like just protein and carbs. Mm -hmm. And then um, what I really, really started focusing on this last year was my nutrition post-training. So we all know protein is important after our session. Um, obviously, we don't have to have protein the minute we leave the gym, but mm -hmm. it is advised to have it at least an hour after your training session. But I also started including post-training carbs, just carbs, no fats, as well as my protein as soon as I can, because our glycogen stores deplete during training and we want to replace them as soon as possible. And the uptake of glycogen I've read is um, at a, the glycogen replenishment occurs 150% more quickly post-training than, mm. than not post-training. So definitely recommend that if you're serious about you know, your recovery after your mm -hmm. sessions is that you, you have a something protein and something carbs, a high mm -hmm. GI carb straight after training because then it's quickly absorbed into the body. Mm -hmm. And then you wait about two hours before you have a meal with fat in it. Because again, like I said, fat slows down the digestion mm -hmm. um, of foods into your system. And the biggest thing as well is sleep. So you need to be sleeping at least seven hours a night if you want um to perform well in your training i've i've read that athletes i mean i'm really not i wouldn't consider myself an athlete but <laughs> the type of training i do is what athletes do 
is that they should get nine hours of sleep at night. And mm. I wish I could. I've just, I've always had issues my whole life with sleep. So I aim for the seven hours. If I can get the seven to eight hours, I'm, I'm happy. And one thing I have changed my mind about is naps. If you mm. are not enough during the day or during the evening, sorry, and you have the opportunity for about an hour nap during the day, go for it. I, I really, you know, and again, uh, not too close to bedtime so that it affects your sleep. But if you can, you know, somehow work it into your schedule that you get a half an hour to an hour nap in the middle of the day because if you, because of your job or your kids or, you know, the way your life is structured, you can't sleep enough, then mm -hmm. go for it. That's, that's amazing. I love that you mentioned about carbs because, yeah, it's always, oh, let's get the protein post-workout, but nobody really talks about the carbs. And another thing that I that I love that you said is that every as soon as we mention about like, okay, you have to eat in the morning prior to lifting, a lot of people assume that we're referring to eat a whole meal and like eat a lot of volume and just have a full breakfast. And that's truly not the case. Um, what we refer is just to have something in your stomach, something in your body that will help you feel, that will fuel your body to really lift these um, or really perform in the sessions that you're about to have. So it's not really about having too much food, but it's rather having the type of food that you need so focusing on those carbs like you mentioned on that protein not really too much on fats and i've um i've and it's like you mentioned it's a lot person dependent like some people will do better with some type of foods than other people so definitely get to experience what your body likes and what 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 sits well for you um and then i I remember one time someone asked me, or like someone mentioned that they, they always had stomach issues and it was because they were eating like a big bowl of oatmeal just pro like about 30 minutes prior to training. And sure. I, men I mentioned like, well, it, it, I would, it's good carbs. Like you have the idea correctly, but just because of the oatmeal, the volume, just because of how slow digested it is with the amount of fiber, it would just not suit you that well prior to training. So like you mentioned, let's go into more fast digestive carbs. Let's go into like, I told her like, let's do some rice cakes. Like let's do something that's can be, it's not going to fill you up to the point that you're going to feel like you want to throw up, but it's going to help you feel your session and not just go basically empty handed. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. What do you like to eat pre-training? I, so my pre-training, um, right now I like to do some, um, bagels. I love bagels. So I like to do like a, one bagel and, I feel like that's enough for me. I used to, I really had a used, uh, a really like crave for cereal in the morning. I will do it with like a low fat milk, 
but I was like, I love the cereal. I love the sugar. I love like that little, it, it's fa fast digested. I love what it gives me. And then to be able to fuel up to the, to the gym right now, I'm doing a little bit more of um, bagels because I do want to get some work in between prior to going. So it sits in my stomach a little bit longer than cereal, but definitely, definitely I would say those two. <laughs> Okay. Do you just have the plain bagel as it is, or do you have something on it? Um, I sometimes do like the plain bagel. I sometimes do cream cheese, but like kind of just to have more of like flavor in it rather than anything else. Um, yeah, I try to, like you mentioned, I do try to stick away too much from fats in there. Um, if I am going to work a little bit prior to going to the gym, then I would smear a little bit of more of that cream cheese. Um, but yeah, I, I would say those are my go-to. I really want to start um, switching it up and changing it up a little bit, but I'm kind of right, right now like don't know exactly when I'm going to train. So I'm just sticking to those two that I like at the moment. Um, but, yeah. You know, stick to what works. Um, you know, if you really, if you really want to change it, then, you know, go for it. But if you finding that it works, then go for it. Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, change it. I used to, I think I used to eat a lot of cereal post training. Oh, really? I would have yeah, but then I would have my my whey protein as like my milk. Mm. But cocoa pops just don't taste the same <laughs> without <laughs> like milk. So if I want cereal, I'll just have cereal at another time. I, yeah, I, so personally, I have um, just whey protein with some dextrose powder because it's super. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's cheap. And it's pure carbs, and you can mix it with your protein shake, so it's easy to digest, to transport, all that jazz. Um, yeah, that's my my current post training. And then, depending on if I'm still hungry or not, when I get home, I might have something. Um, otherwise, yeah, just my next meal, whatever, it, which would be lunch. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so I do have one more question, and I know that you mentioned about. Uh, recently being diagnosed with ADHD and I just wanted to bring a little bit more awareness to maybe whoever's listening to this if they're experiencing with the same thing if you would if you change anything in regard of training or how would you um, if you are running some issues with training what are your what do you do to kind of like work with that that diagnosis diagnosis but also um be able to perform effectively at the gym so yeah i mean it's it's a really recent diagnosis like last week thursday <laughs> but yeah. um and I, I haven't even announced it on social media yet but yeah we'll see maybe this will be the the announcement but um yeah. i'm all about you know being as open as as i possibly can you know just it's always about being vulnerable as well but mm -hmm. At the moment, we're playing around with medication, so everyone is different in terms of how they will react to medication. So, and everyone's dosage is different. So, I'm still playing around with that. I must say, this morning specifically, uh, I upped my dosage as per my doctor's recommendations for the first couple of weeks. Okay. And 
it felt like my brain was like going far ahead and my body just didn't know what it was doing. (laughs) It's, it's, it's such a weird experience. Like it it almost made me a little bit more anxious than what I should have been in terms of training. But I feel that it hasn't really, the ADHD hasn't really affected the training because if you, if you look at, um, the symptoms of ADHD. So I have the hypo rather than the hypo. So what used to be, what used to be ADD is now the hypo version of ADHD. Got it. So um, when you have something that you're really passionate about and that you really love, you find to focus and zone in on that. But if you mm-hmm. have to do anything else, then you like procrastinate or your attention drifts and find it hard to focus. So I've never really found it hard to focus on training and I wouldn't say that it's affected my training at all. Amazing. Um, but now, like I said, the medication did affect my training slightly this morning. So it's, it's all about working with it and, and seeing how it, how it goes. Well, I, I'm very happy that you weren't, or it hasn't really affected your training. Um, as you would probably normal see, normally see. So I'm very happy that you were able, and not only that, but ha- happy that you were able to come out with this and be vulnerable and show us a little bit of that insight of that you're able to continue on with what your passion is despite whatever kind of like life throws at you. Um, and I did have a question about uh, the back. Please give everybody a little, uh, a little intro, a little like, what? Why do we want to arch our back? Why does it not hurt arching our back? And and all these good things that people are still very shocked when seeing this. Yeah, and I mean, can you believe like my best friend will still message me if I post a bench press? <laughs> And she's like, oh my gosh, your back, it just looks so sore. And I'm like, no, it's not. (laughs) But if you look at a skeleton, so the skeleton of the human body, the back is naturally arched Mm -hmm. in the lower back. So that is the safest position to get into when you are trying to push as much weight as possible off your chest. Mm -hmm. So... It's not an unnatural position. People think it is, but it's not. So when you get into that arch, it reduces your range of motion. So you're trying to get your chest up as high as possible, obviously according to your flexibility and your mobility, but you're trying to get that chest up as high as possible and your arms as wide as the bar allows. So with powerlifting, there is a like a line on the bar that you have to hold there. You can't, you know, go too wide in -hmm. terms of how wide you hold the bar. That's why people with shorter arms have the advantage. (laughs) But yeah, so the the arch reduces the range of motion, which allows you to lift more weight. Mm -hmm. So there's shorter, there's a shorter path for the bar to, to flow. And like I said, it allows you to push it as, as far as possible. If you think of the, the sumo deadlift, there's a lot of people, especially at the, at worlds who, who deadlift sumo stance, because if you can get strong in that position and you can get your legs really wide, 
there's it's such a small range of motion off the ground. Now I'm not saying it's easier because sumo is hard. Like I used to think sumo was cheating, <laughs> but it's really <laughs> it's actually really hard. You have to have such strong adductors and quads to push that off the ground. But yeah, if you think about sumo versus conventional, it's a it's a shorter range of motion, and you mm -hmm. want the same with the bench press. And the way you arch, you're pulling the shoulder blades back and down, you know, that scapular retraction. Mm -hmm. And this protects the shoulders joint from excessive stress. So if you think about like the way we sit every day, like people, especially people with desk jobs, we, a lot of people have that forward rotation. Yes. So I found a lot of my clients, they struggle with, you know, shoulder pain or a shoulder irritation or a back irritation. But that's because of that forward rotation and we want that that scapular retraction and you almost you almost get onto your neck as well in the in the bench mm -hmm. and, um, and that allows you to get nice and strong onto the back and you don't even feel your lower back the only time you feel your lower back is for example like I've, i did lift on a monday and then i bench on a tuesday so if i've had a really hard mm -hmm. deadlift session I, that is my I would say it's a it's a strength slash weakness is I struggled yeah. with with the quad drive in terms of the deadlift. So I have a very strong posterior chain. So I mm -hmm. pull a lot with my back rather than pushing with the quads, which is incorrect, mm -hmm. but I'm working on it. But still so the <laughs> my my back likes to take over. But if I bench the next day, my lower back can be stiff and it can mm -hmm. be hard to get into that position. But other than that, you don't feel it. You, you're not supposed to feel your lower back during the bench press. Yeah. So what also happens is you engage your glutes. So you, you open your legs slightly, not always. Some people actually, they you could say like hug the bench with their reductors. Mm -hmm. But I have my legs slightly wider. And you're supposed to push more with the quads and the feet for, with the, the drive from the ground, it is, it's a very hard concept to get. And I don't always do it. Um, you know, sometimes the, the leg drive <laughs> will be there, sometimes not so much, but yeah, initially you're thinking about, so with IPF as well, sorry to, to turbid, but with the IPF rules in terms of powerlifting, your feet have to be flat. Mm -hmm. All the other federations, your, your, you bench on your toes. So your feet mm. don't have to be flat. So, when your feet are flat, you, you want it to sort of get into that position that when you drive, you, you're pushing backwards. So your glutes are activated, your quads are activated, your feet are planted hard into the ground. So that is why it's, it's a full body movement because everything is working to push that bar yeah. up. <laughs> yes. And I, it's, I think that like for someone who bench presses, uh, despite whatever, if they're doing dumbbell, barbell, it's, if they aren't truly like pushing that, they won't understand this concept because when I'm trying to really push that, my right glute is a straight like contraction that I'm like, I it's so strong that I feel like it's almost gonna like start cramping on me in the middle of the the set. And I'm like, please don't cramp, please don't cramp. Because- <laughs> 
Yes, you do use so much of your lower body, like your glutes, everything works. And yeah, you're lifting with your upper body, but lower body plays such a huge role Then yeah, like I'm always like, especially that right glute, like I always feel it about to cramp up on those last sets. It's, it's the same with the squat. So I feel with the squat, you need to have a strong back because you are holding, obviously, all this weight is on your back. And mm -hmm. for powerlifting, it's majority low bar squat. So it's just above, like it's resting on the shelf of your rear delts. Mm -hmm. And when, you, when you're when you about to squat, you are pulling that bar into your back and keep, you know, and activating everything. You know, your, your hands are so tight, your forearms, like after a heavy or a hectic squat session, my forearms are stiff the next day. Like I wouldn't think that. <laughs> But because you're pulling that bar and gripping that bar so hard into yeah. your back so that everything is tight and everything works. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's mean, again. Same thing with the deadlift. Like, it's it's a whole, like, you need to engage those lats. You need to make sure that core is there. Like, Yes, it if it is a light drive, but there's so much that plays a role into getting to preparation to create that stiffness to really be able to lock out and really be able to explode, having everything tight, you know, and not having everything just wobble and out of place. Hundred percent. So something I learned from um, one of the coaches that I follow is looseness is weakness. So mm -hmm. when you power. You don't want to be loose. So that's why I barely even stretch anymore because you don't need to be flexible. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's great in the bench press if you can like be flexible in terms of getting into that arch. But yeah, I, I used to stretch after every session thinking I have to stretch. You don't have to stretch. Like there's really like obviously having some flexibility is good for you, but mm -hmm. Like I said, looseness is weakness. You want your body to be as tight as possible. Everything. Like, if you lose that brace, it's just, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yes. As soon as you lose the brace, you, it, you're you basically done with the lift. Like, as soon as you drop it, as soon as it's gone, it, you can't get it back until you start again and get again into preparation. Um, so that's very funny, but Dom, do you want to let anybody else, um, give any more tips or any more information about no, this powerlifting? I think I've said everything, um, that I want to, um, I think the biggest thing in terms of training, no matter what you do, whether it's powerlifting or bodybuilding or, um, you know, whatever form of exercise that you do is that you, you love what you do. Mm, and I love that. is, you know, there's no point in getting up and thinking, oh, fuck, now I need to go to the gym and I have to go and squat. Like, I really don't want to. Like, there's mm -hmm. days where I don't feel like going to train. Um, but they're very few and far between because I really love my training. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's actually like, it's a post I did a while ago, but my three tips is um for just enjoying your training in general is obviously love what you do so fall in love with the process it's cliche but it's true you need to fall in love with what you do mm -hmm. obviously um, i'm a little bit biased because i think and you i know you feel the same lifting weights is one of the best things you can do for your body regardless whether it's powerlifting or bodybuilding mm -hmm. style training 
That's mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do for your body. The second thing is to structure your week in a way that motivates you to get to the gym. Mm-hmm. So like me on a Monday, I deadlift. So I'm happy on a Monday, get up, go and train, enjoy my deadlifts. And mm-hmm. then, you know, if you, you want to put something later on in the week that you love as well, like on a Thursday is my, my main squat day and my leg accessory day. I mean, I, I used to actually hate bench because I was so bad at it, but I love it now. So <laughs> I, I love all the days of training. Um, and the third thing I would say is find yourself an environment that motivates you as well. So I, I never thought I would be the person to train at a private gym. I used to love my um, commercial gym, you know, put my mm-hmm. headphones on, do my own thing. But since I found, you could say, found my people. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the powerlifting community is amazing because we're all supporting each other. We all, no matter who you are, you know, no matter how many years you've lifted, no matter what you look like, you know, in, no matter what, they are supporting you. If you are going for that deadlift, the whole gym is shouting for you to lift that deadlift. Aww. And it's, it's the best feeling. And we, we have such a great um, gym environment. I love my coaches. They really have created a, a second home for most of us. So, yeah, I think if you guys can find that, like that was the thing. Like, I, I never understood the community of CrossFit until mm. I started powerlifting at the private gym so i think that is majority why people fall in love with crossfit is more for the community i don't know i don't ever see myself doing crossfit oh, right <laughs> like i'll pass on that trading but thank you yeah oh that's amazing well don please i would love everyone here to get to know you so please share with us where they can find you what's your social media and all those things well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've loved following your journey as well on Instagram. And it's it's so cool. The Like I spoke about earlier, I think, you know, the, the positive influence that we have from social media is amazing. Yes, I agree. But um, so my Instagram is at underscore DomSmith93. Um, you can just find me on Facebook under DomSmith Health and Fitness. And my website is dom slash smith.co if you guys want to reach me there perfect well thank you so much for sharing all your input about powerlifting i will be happy to have you again in this podcast talking about another topic but other than that we'll be saying uh our goodbyes to our audience thank you once again for listening to this episode and continue breaking those stereotypes i will see you on the next episode Thanks again for having me. Cheers.